You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Wednesday episode here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Saints shock the NFL and salary cap truthers everywhere by franchise tagging safety Marcus Williams, a $10.5 million franchise tag for the moment and a move that surprised just about everyone in the NFL world. We'll discuss why they did it and what's next for the star safety and the New Orleans Saints. We'll also talk about another re-signing the team landed on Tuesday. Then it's our year-in review episode. So we're going to take a look at the offensive line. First, we'll start off with the review of the unit as a whole in 2020, how many sacks, pressures, and other raw numbers they were responsible for, and how they fared throughout the season. And then to close out the show, we'll take a look at the outlook on the Saints offensive line in 2021. Can the Saints hang on to Ryan Ramchek, who will be the starting center, and what changes I'd make to the roster ahead of the 2021 season? As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. It up, Puda Nation. I know I certainly was when it was announced that the New Orleans Saints had franchise tagged star safety Marcus Williams. After all that talk, all that talk, all offseason long so far about how the New Orleans Saints would not be able to maintain any of their star free agents and Marcus Williams was going to be gone and there was no way, no way that the Saints were going to be able to extend Alvin Kamara last season and then still hold on to Marcus Williams after the season. Oh, the pits of despair. Woe is me. All the things. And yet here we are. The New Orleans Saints doing it yet again. Going ahead this time using the franchise tag to hold on to their player, which is something they haven't done in a long time, right? The last time that they franchise tagged a player, of course, was Jimmy Graham. That did not go over well, but you can see that there's absolutely no question about what position this guy plays that they franchise tag this time around. For those of you that don't remember, the last time that the Saints used a franchise tag was with Jimmy Graham, which of course led to litigation about whether or not he should be franchise tagged at the tight end or the wide receiver uh, position. Of course, wide receiver being the highest price tag, all those things. No question here. Marcus Williams is a safety. And that franchise tag price is going to be somewhere around 10.5 to 11 million. It sort of depends on where the salary cap ends up. It's around 10 and a half. If the salary cap is at like $180.5 million. But if it ends up being above that, then of course the franchise tag will scale up with the salary cap as it's tied to the salary cap on a percentage basis. But I don't expect the Saints and for Marcus Williams to actually play on that franchise tag in 2021. I just think that it shows Marcus Williams how serious they are about prioritizing him and making sure that he's on the team next season. So much, in fact that if they offer him a contract to this point and they don't come to a contract agreement, they still have him on the team and they're still going to pay him $10 million, $10 million plus to be on the team in 2021. I I don't think that that will be the case, but it just dedicates and shows why the Saints would use the franchise tag. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a long-term deal ironed out before the 17th when they have to be salary cap compliant, maybe even before then, if at all possible. I'm sure that that's the 
the deadline they'd like to hit, but not the end of the world if they can't get there. It just it, it causes a little bit of trouble, right? To have that ne- that new sort of salary cap expenditure on your books, and you'd have to find a way to navigate that before you can start adding free agents. But I, I think that they'll try to get this done as quickly as possible. And that's sort of what the next step is going to be on this franchise tag is reaching the long-term deal with the star safety. They did have the option essentially to do this with either Marcus Williams or Trey Hendrickson. It looks like they did it with Marcus Williams because he's going to be the priority. As we've mentioned and as we've talked about before, numerous reports saying that that was absolutely going to be the case. And then now here's the Saints showing some action on top of that talk. They bought that action, boss. And then now you see it. Of course, uh, the Tuesday there, Tuesday afternoon was the uh, the the deadline, if you will, for applying the franchise tags to the Saints, getting out ahead of that and then getting that franchise tag done. That does mean essentially that, hey, it buys them a couple of extra days to where on March 15th, when the legal tampering period opens, no one can contact Marcus Williams because he's a New Orleans Saint. It gives those them those extra couple of days to try to get a long-term deal done before the 17th. And again, if they don't get the long-term deal done by the 17th, it sort of sort of creates some salary cap gymnastics that the Saints will have to navigate. But of course, Mickey Lewis, Kai Harley, those guys would be ready for that. And then again, all throughout the free agency period, they can just continue to negotiate up until the middle of July to try to get that long-term deal done without any other teams getting in the way and sort of raising the, the price or raising the issue or giving another, uh, another offer, things like that. All of that is out of the way. All of that is quiet. And then the Saints and Marcus Williams and his representation can just work on the contract at that point. So now look for Marcus Williams, Ryan Ramchek, and Marshawn Lattimore to all be very important extensions that the Saints will focus on getting done as quickly as possible. Each one of those guys could end up saving the Saints anywhere between three to seven million dollars, maybe three to five million dollars in Marcus Williams' case in terms of the first year salary. That's a lot of money they're going to be able to work off the books here with a few of those extensions. Hopefully within the next week or so. So we'll be keeping an eye out on that. But that wasn't the only deal the Saints got done late on a Tuesday. They also re-signed running back and special teamer Dwayne Washington to a veteran minimum deal. It was a $990,000 base salary. that will only count against the Saints salary cap at about $850,000. Again, that veteran salary benefit that helps to sort of knock down some of that expenditure for the Saints in terms of the accounting side. Dwayne Washington still gets his one-year contract, fully guaranteed, $990,000. just costs the Saints a little bit less. And of course, that contract also pushes another player out of the top 51, so the cap hit is even less than that. It probably ends up being somewhere around $100,000 to $200,000, so completely nominal uh, in terms of what the grand scheme of things looks like for the New Orleans Saints. We still have a lot of cost-cutting measures ahead of them. They now have the franchise tag on Marcus Williams that they'll look to drop down. The two extensions for Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchek that you would love to see them get done as quickly as possible. And still a lot of restructure candidates and cut candidates, trade candidates, things like that as well on the roster that they haven't addressed yet. So hopefully we'll see those moves and more made here over the next couple of days. And of course, we're still waiting on an announcement from Drew Brees returning or retiring. And what are the Saints going to do at the quarterback position in either case? So all of that coming up throughout the rest of the week. We always knew that, or we had always heard rather, that the rumbling was that March 10th, the day after the franchise tag closed, would be a pretty busy day. Assuming that the salary cap is announced here soon as the NFLPA sent out a memo to players and agents that it would be announced soon. If it's released on Wednesday, that certainly helps to push that narrative that the 10th 
is going to be a very, very busy day. So we'll see what the salary cap is and what other moves are coming up here on Locked on Saints all throughout the rest of the week. But of course, today we've got year-end review, so let's keep it rolling. We'll take a look at the offensive line, how they performed in 2020, and what I would do, what changes I would make going into 2021. We'll talk about that and more here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now we've told you here on the show several times about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've been telling you about them for a while now. And of course, Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and has an outstanding, outstanding flavor. Now you can pick the best flavors with our Built Bar Madness. Just head over to BuiltBar.com and cast your vote. There's two brackets up today, banana nut bread and uh, against toffee almond, and then you've got orange up against peanut butter, both of these completely covered in chocolate. I want to tell you what, I'm taking banana nut bread because I think that's an absolute sleeper of a pick. And of course, I'm taking peanut butter, but I know a lot of folks love their citrus and chocolate. So go and cast your votes for the best tasting Built Bar flavor out on the market. Head over to BuiltBar.com. And don't forget, of course, to grab a box of your own as well by using the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON220 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure to check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, there was a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who were the biggest winners and losers? Get more of the sports that you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, welcome back into another episode here. Locked On Saints, appreciate you joining us on this wonderful Wednesday. Whether you're listening on Wednesday, after Wednesday, whenever, we appreciate you very much as always for being here. I'm going to take one quick moment before we dive into our offensive line uh, sort of year in review here to just ask that you take a quick moment to drop a five-star review. We're here every single Monday through Friday, dropping all this off-season content, making sure that you're up to date with everything going on with the New Orleans Saints. And I'm hoping, hoping that I'm doing a good job for you. So feel free to drop that rating and review. Let me know how I'm doing. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our look year in review here at the offensive line. The Saints, several offensive linemen getting snaps in the uh, in the 2020 season. You've got your starters, of course, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek, where your bookends, you're either side on the interior with the guards. You had Andrus Pete and uh, Cesar Ruiz, the, the rookie coming in from Michigan, first round draft pick last season. And then right in the middle of it all, you had Eric McCoy, second round pick from two years ago, who's been absolutely stellar at that center position. Then you saw a little bit of rotation going on at that left guard, excuse me, the right guard position throughout the season. You saw Nick Easton get some playing time there. You saw uh, James Hurst gets some playing time all along the offensive line at both tackle positions, as well as as the sixth man. You saw a little bit of Will Clapp. You got to see a little bit of Derek Kelly. So a lot of presence for the Saints along the offensive line this season. And that was something that they really focused on all throughout the offseason was how do they build up all of that, uh, that the depth that they needed to make sure that they remain competitive deep into the year. Remember, it was the offensive line, particularly on the interior, that caused them so much trouble when they got into the playoffs in 2019. Still had some similar issues here in 2020, so let's go ahead and break it down. A couple of other names that you saw on the offensive line, Ethan Greenidge, 
Cameron Tom also got some playing time along the O-line as well. So let's take a look at how this offensive line performed. We'll start off with some pro football focused numbers here. Just taking a look at how many pressures this team allowed. 178, not too shabby. You look around the NFL, you saw some other teams that got up into the 200 area around there. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, for instance, 280. You look at the Houston Texans, who also gave up, uh, I think it was the second most amount of sacks in the NFL. We'll look at sack numbers here in just a little bit, but in terms of pressure numbers, 233 there. Some of you might be interested in the Seattle Seahawks and where they kind of ranked here. They were at 260, so they're right in between Philly as well as um, as well as the Houston Texans there. When you look at the teams that gave up the fewest amount of sacks, where do the Saints rank in terms of pressure there? Well, you have to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had probably the best offensive line in the NFL. They gave up only 174 pressures throughout the season. So when you look back at New Orleans giving up 178, you feel pretty good about that. Now, they were a pretty penalized offensive line, 46 penalties for the New Orleans Saints. But again, Put that in perspective up against an offensive line that was widely considered one of the best in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 40 penalties against the Steelers. So not too bad at all. If we jump back and take a look at it from a little bit of a wider angle and we try to see where the Saints rank amongst grading when it comes to pro football focus, you'll find them with a 70 even grade for pass blocking, which is 13th in the NFL. And then in the run game, they move up a little bit to eighth. There's their top 10 with a 74.3 grade there in the run game. And of course, they had a fantastic year in the run game. You saw what Alvin Kamara was able to do. And a large part of what he was able to do was because of his offensive line. To help sort of prove that point, you can look at Pro Football Network's offensive value metric. They explain the offensive value metric as measuring how much of a player's statistical production they were actually responsible for using it as a means of actually gauging an individual player's actual effectiveness in game, separate from the performance of their teammates. So you can find this over at profootballnetwork.com. They do some great work over there. Out of the 55 different running backs that met the criteria of having 10 rushing attempts per game and at least 50 rushing attempts through week 10, Alvin Kamara ended up being around the 14th least productive running back on his own, according to this metric, which is kind of crazy to think about when you look at it from, you know, some of the plays that really stand out about about Alvin Kamara's 2020 season, like the big catch and run during the Green Bay Packers. But remember, this is measuring right now running backs in the run game. So you can see all of the success that he had on the run game. You can credit that a bit to the offensive line. Just to look at it from a different perspective, Uh, That number, that offensive share metric was rated as a 5.12 for Alvin Kamara. For Latavius Murray, it's much higher. He's actually the uh, fifth highest running back in the NFL with a 13.75. So think about the amount of tackles that Latavius Murray broke, the amount of times that he was able to fall forward, all of those things. And then compare that to Alvin Kamara, who did have some of those moments, but really also had an offensive line that was reset for him pretty often. Now, that's not a dig at Alvin Kamara at all. It's just the symbiotic relationship between the running back and the uh, and the offensive line, since we're looking at the offensive line's production 
in the run game. So to wrap all of this up, we should also take a look at the number of sacks allowed. According to NFL.com, the Saints allowed only 29 sacks, which is just outside the top 10 at number 12 in the NFL. The fewest sacks allowed given up by the Pittsburgh Steelers, only 14. The most given up by the Philadelphia Eagles with a whopping 65, 65 sacks given up by the Philadelphia Eagles. That is a ton. The New Orleans Saints, less than half of that at 29. So they've done a great job yet again, protecting their, I'll say quarterbacks, right? Because they had three different quarterbacks under center throughout the 2020 season. So that's our look back at the Saints year in review for the 2020 offensive line, a very good offensive line, not a fantastic one, not a top ranked one as we've seen in New Orleans in the past, but certainly had some growing pains, particularly in the interior and with rookie Cesar Ruiz playing out of position. We'll talk about Cesar Ruiz in particular coming up as we look ahead to 2021 where he might be playing next season, what it means for Eric McCoy and the rest of the offensive line, and what other changes I would make heading into the 2020 season. We'll talk about all that and more here in just a moment as we continue today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Bet online is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and the MLB is right around the corner, of course. BetOnline even has odds when it comes to award ceremonies, TV shows, and reality TV. They have all the real updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. So go and check them out. BetOnline has you covered with all the news scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up at betonline.ag. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thank you so much for being here. When you're done here, make sure you go and check out the Wednesday episode over at Locked On NFL. That way you can take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises and take a look at some of your favorite NFL prospects from the upcoming NFL draft. Tony Wiggins and James Rapien are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects from the upcoming draft and some other exciting young players all around the league. So check them out on Wednesdays over at Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we're rolling right along with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Talked a little bit about the offensive line and their performance in 2020. And even though like the bookends, right, are fantastic, Teron Armstead and uh, Ryan Ramchek, those guys are great. And of course, we talked a bit about the Saints really focusing on Ryan Ramchek and Marshawn Lattimore, trying to get those contracts done. That would be huge for the offensive line to lock Ryan Ramchek down for the future. But the interior still raised a lot of questions for the New Orleans Saints, right? You didn't have a lot of stability at the right guard position with Cesar Ruiz playing, playing excuse me, out of position, constantly being switched in and out for Nick Easton and more, right? Some other issues going on. You had the injury to Andrus Pete. He was out for a while. You had to swap out uh, Teron Armstead every now and then, certainly things like that become a little bit of an issue for an offensive line that was trying to make sure that it maintained its cohesion, its continuity, its communication, its chemistry, all of those things that were so important for them coming into the 2020 season that they were able to uphold during the last offseason. They're now looking to uphold now going into 
a second straight season with these five offensive linemen. That would be a huge, huge boost for the Saints team who may have a new quarterback under center, right? So even though you may not necessarily make some of the larger swathing decisions about your franchise the first year that you're transitioning over from one quarterback to another, certainly having a solid offensive line, a solid defense and solid weapons around them becomes a very, very important factor, especially if you end up with a guy like Jameis Winston, who again, his on-field game really intrigues me about what he brings because of the way that he helps to potentially open up this Sean Payton offense back to something that we haven't seen in New Orleans for quite a while, a little bit more of the Air Coryell uh, sort of presence in the Air Coryell slash West Coast offense that we've always seen him derive from and we've always seen him sort of scheme up. So a lot of interesting stuff, but it all starts from the offensive line. So one of the biggest things is going to be, can the Saints retain Ryan Ramchek? The answer is yes, they absolutely can. In fact, it's better for them in all fronts if they do. Lockdown, a big time staple, a big time cornerstone of your successful offensive line moving forward. Grab the best player potentially at his position here within the next couple of years. This guy is going to be a perennial all pro if he continues to play at the level that he's playing. And in addition to having that big time building block for a successful offensive line throughout the future, you also save yourself some money in 2021 and help yourself with the salary cap. Remember, Ryan Ramchick at the moment is on an $11 million fifth year option. That all changes if they get him into a long-term extension. They can drop the first-year option, escalate his base salary after that, and then get his price tag down. That's extremely helpful for the New Orleans Saints. You'll look for them to do the same things with Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore over on the defensive side. So you have to get that done, right? So can you do that? Yes, you absolutely can. The other part is going to be, what are the Saints going to do at the center position? Is it going to be Eric McCoy, who has played outstanding there, or is it going to be Cesar Ruiz? My vote is that you move Cesar Ruiz to center, and if he can do it, if he can pick it up over training camp, which again is just returning him back to his natural position, then you keep him at his natural precision, you let him use that football IQ to call protections, all that stuff that he did extremely well in a pro-style offense at Michigan, put him in position to do all of that, and then put Cesar Ruiz, who, excuse me, Eric McCoy, who is your better pass blocker, at least was your better pass blocker last year, at that right guard position that's going to help tremendously improving, help in tremendously improving that offensive line. So I do think that you'll see that. You'll see maybe a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a battle, a camp battle, but you know, they'll figure all of this out during training camp and hopefully we get some semblance of a normal training camp this season where they'll be able to really put in the uh, appropriate amount of work to make sure that everybody's comfortable as opposed to just getting basically three weeks to teach everybody the system and then move forward. So you'll see that. And then the other part of it's going to be what other adjustments are they going to make over on the offensive line? We already saw the Saints move on from Nick Easton. He has been cut. There's an opportunity to reunite with him, but he's had three concussions over his career and a near devastating uh, neck injury that kept him out for the entire 2018 season before the Saints signed him in 2019. So maybe you kind of tread lightly when it comes to that. I think that instead, the Saints should look to James Hurst, the guy that they brought in last year. He served a four-game suspension at the very beginning of the season, but then once he was able to hit the field, he was absolutely outstanding for the Saints. Only credit is allowing two total pressures. Unfortunately, both of them sacks, one of them coming in the seventh week of the season, only his third game, and then another coming in week 12, and not a single one after that, including the two playoff games that he appeared in, 401 total snaps. 168 of them in pass blocking. So to allow just two pressures and commit just one penalty over that time, 
that's a really, really good, really, really solid uh, sample size that you can look at there. He played 116 snaps as an additional running, excuse me, as an additional offensive lineman, rather, and then 75 of them at left guard and 223 at left tackle. So you saw him play all over the offensive line and do some really, really good things. He also got one snap at right tackle as well in week eight going up against Chicago. So you see James Hurst as somebody that fits. You could bring him back. I'm really interested to see if Calvin Throckmorton showed enough in the practice squad to elevate himself to be able to come up and move up through the ranks there. The big thing is going to be what are they going to do for depth at the uh, depth at the center position? And is it possible that you see it be a little bit more like if something were to happen to Cesar Ruiz at center, that Eric McCoy would shift over to center, and then you can plug in James Hurst at that right guard position? That could make a lot of sense. You could also kick Calvin Throckmorton inside. You're not going to have him play center, however. So you could maybe see them add another guy that can play a little bit more center right up the middle. It's one of the reasons why I like uh, Chris Reed out of Carolina and a couple of other guys within, even honestly within the division, but a few other folks that are around that can play that position. But if you want to go and continue to build up the tackle position, you can also stick with Ethan Greenidge or go with Derek Kelly. Out of those two, I would probably go with Derek Kelly. He's just a little bit more veteran savvy, a little bit more veteran experience. I know the Saints really like Ethan Greenidge, but anytime that he's been in, we've seen him struggle and we've seen the run game just completely deteriorate, especially when he's had to step in in place of Ryan Ramchick in games. I think that if you lose an offensive lineman, you still want to be able to run the ball to protect your quarterback. If you don't have the capability to do that, you're taking a big risk. I don't want to take that risk. Let me go with Derek Kelly in that case. So that's the way that I would shape up the offensive line. You already have your five starters. Go ahead and move Cesar Ruiz to center, shift Eric McCoy over to right guard, move uh, Calvin Throckmorton up, keep Derek Kelly around. You've already lost Cameron Tom, but it's okay. You've got another guy that can play on the interior in Calvin Throckmorton and the big sixth offensive lineman that you can also move around wherever you like in James Hurst. That's the way I would go with the offensive line. Let me know what you think by hitting me up at Ross Jackson Nola. Of course, the Saints can always go to the draft as well. We know how much they love to draft and develop offensive linemen. So that, of course, is a route as well. But I'm going to start with the in-house guys and then see what you can get beyond that once you get to the draft. Not worried about targeting it at this time. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap it up for today. We'll be back tomorrow with our top three Thursday. We'll see, depending upon all the news, right? Wednesday is supposed to be a very, very busy day. Today is supposed to be very busy. So we'll see how it all unfolds, and then we'll recap it all tomorrow. And if there's time, we'll get to our top three Thursday. If nothing else, we'll find something silly and fun to do for that top three Thursday to make sure that we're still staying true to the format. But to keep up with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints, make sure that you keep it locked here with Locked on Saints. I appreciate you as always for coming through. I hope you all have a fun and safe one and I'll see you very, very soon. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support. Never help me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.